Hey, how you doing, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of X Talking Ish with your boy X. Your boy Ish. All right, we appreciate everyone as always tuning in. And if you are tuning in on Facebook, please make sure you like and share this broadcast so more people can tune in to X Talking Ish. If you are on Twitter, please make sure you check us out on X underscore Williams eighty one on Twitter. And if you are on YouTube, please make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page on YouTube, of course, X Talking Ish. And make sure you hit the notification bell for future videos. Ding! Thank you for that, Ish. Thank you for that. Yeah. All righty, then. I know I'm not going to lie, Ish. I don't, know, I don't know how you feel, but I know everybody's probably all draft out. I'm probably tired of talking about the draft. It seems like we talked about the draft for the last, what, four or five episodes. But Man. We are finally wrapping up this 2021 NFL draft. Um, bonanza. The first one back since COVID. The first one to have fans again in the, in the whole structure of the draft. So that was nice to see. It was nice to see... Uh, it in Cleveland, the uh, ro- the birthplace of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, be able to have the dog pound there, be able to have real Cleveland fans there uh, to support their brownies. You know these these guys are coming off of a playoff win against their arch rivals, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So hey, they are excited. They are hyped going into. This upcoming season, so I think it was a great city to be able to pick for this year NFL draft. Now I don't know if anybody knows, but next year we do have it. It will be in Las Vegas. In Vegas, baby. It will be in Vegas. So who knows? Tune in. You might be able to see us in Vegas for that one because I don't know about you. Ish. Hopefully, it's quarantine. I mean, there's not uh, there's, there's uh pandemic stuff. It'll be cleared up a little bit. Man. Hopefully, it'll be live for that one. Woo. That would be that would be pretty nice. That would be pretty nice. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. A man can dream, can't he? Man, he can. <laughs> All right. So, with that being said, we're not going to talk too much about the NFL draft. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up pretty quickly, and we're going to talk about a couple of other topics for the night, and um, we'll go ahead and get it started with the 2021 NFL draft. Winners and losers. Um, I had a couple of winners and losers. It's just kept it simple and just said, hey, just one and done for me. Not going to go into too much details on these uh, on, on, on the teams that should have been winners and losers, and I respect that dish. Um, but before we do that, was there a surprising pick for you? And just We'll just keep it in the first round. Was there a surprising pick that's that a team made that you were just whoa I wasn't expecting yeah. that. Yeah, if you tune into our uh, our draft episode, I think e- even then I was like, whoa, definitely wasn't expecting that. Uh, Leatherwood when Las Vegas went with Leatherwood, I thought there were a, I had a couple of tackles before him. So when he went off the board, um, 
it was weird to me. I was kind of speechless. I don't. I didn't really know what to say because, like I said, I had a couple tackles before him. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's a solid tackle, um, but I thought that he was solidly solidly placed in the second round. I didn't expect him to go in the first round. So that was a definite surprise for me. See, that was bait. I baited you into that. I was expecting you to say that, but I was mm-hmm. expecting you to say something else. Mm. And the easiest one is easy, of course, the Chicago Bears taking oh. Justin Fields. It has to be that one just because. Oh, no, no, that's not a surprise. Me, well, surprising to me because mm-hmm. not just with the Chicago Bears wanting Justin Fields, but also the ramifications of the Chicago Bears taking Justin Fields because the Minnesota Vikings reports came out that mm. they were going to get Justin Fields at pick number Yeah, 14. that was a big one. That was a big one. And let's just let's just – because like you said, is we talked about this in the in, in a couple of shows previous, and I said, let's figure out and see what happens to the guys like Kellen Munn, Kyle Trash. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens with a guy like Kellen Munn, because I think he will get the opportunity to be able to start in Minnesota if Kirk Cousins is not able to be Captain America. Well, I and like that you just said that because I'm listening. RG3 recently had an interview and came out with some spicy comments about Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Oh, what did he say? I did not hear about it. I mean, my man basically came out and said that, you know, um, Kirk Cousins, Kellen Mond is everything that Kirk Cousins is not. And he's probably what that coaching staff is looking for. And if Kirk Cousins gets off to a slow start like he did last year, Kellen Mond could be coming in. And I mean, he went on to say that Kirk's been collecting checks in Minnesota and he's got to step up. I mean, y'all can go look the research, go do your research, look up the interview on your own. But uh, RD3 had some very interesting conversations, which, you know, it led people to question, is there still some bad blood there after what happened in Washington? Could be, could be. I don't know, but yeah, it was it was interesting to hear because you normally don't hear ex teammates like really comment about stuff like that. But yeah, RD three came out, he made some comments about it, and I didn't even hear about that. But let's be real, when it comes to Captain Kirk, we all know what we get what we're getting out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like RG three is out here saying. Oh, he didn't say anything that anybody didn't already know. Okay, so and. And then we can, and we can, people can chop it up, chalk it up to saying, hey, he maybe might be a little salty what happened in Washington. Mm-hmm, I can understand mm-hmm. that. But we see what we see on film. And Kirk Cousins at the moment is not getting it done for a $100 million quarterback. Oh, no, no, no. Not okay. at all. Not at all. Okay. I so would argue that he hasn't been doing it for a while. So, with that being said, will Kellen Munn be the guy to be able to put a little pressure to either Kirk Cousins to either shine like a diamond or burst. And this season, I think, you know, when we get into the upcoming season, of course, we're going to talk about, you know, guys that need to prove it. And Kirk Cousins is at least top three, if not top two for me, because if he doesn't show up, he might just be a guy for a team that just wants to be mediocre moving forward and not trying to be competitive because Minnesota, I think, was is the t- was was the team that was trying to give him the opportunity, and it's not you know really 
panning out as well at the moment. So I mean, let's, I mean, there's something to be said about the conversation of where Minnesota was when they got Kirk Cousins and where they are now, right? I would argue that when Kirk Cousins went, there was a lot of talk about Minnesota potentially competing for an NFC championship game. Remember, Teddy Bridgewater um, had taken them, you know, to the playoffs, I think the year before, and they, yeah. it, they did really well. And then, you know, he had the knee injury, which then led them to try to figure out, oh, no, 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 no. That was two years before that Teddy Bridgewater took them. And then Christian Ponder stepped in uh, and he yes. played Mr. pretty Ponder, well. Yes. He played pretty well and got them. Um, they did really well with Christian Ponder. And then Kirk Cousins came the next year um, is when they signed him. Mm -hmm. So you could argue that they were hoping to sign Kirk Cousins and continue that upward mo um, momentum. And instead, they have actually declined since Kirk Cousins has taken over. I agree. And, and I appreciate Chad Bogues for tuning in. He's a LSU fan. And I was just going to get to Mr. Jordan Jefferson. If it was for Jordan Jefferson being in there his rookie year contributing the way he did who knows maybe kirk cousins wouldn't have, even oh, he would have been a dead in the water career. i was gonna say he wouldn't even had a decent year that he did this past year so it's gonna be very interesting to see uh shout out to kc my boy from just another football show he oh, said yeah, a lot of money yeah. left on kurt's deal this is very true and i'll I, I mean it'd be very surprising if anybody tries to take that contract off of him because what team really wants that dead that dead money Right. No, I, I mean, think it's going to be a. Uh, I think it's going to be a situation with Carolina and Teddy Bridgewater where you got to restructure that, and then you're probably going to pay some of that money. Like right. you're going to have to figure something out where you eat some of that um, in order to get him somewhere else. I agree. I definitely agree. All right, let's go ahead and get into the draft winners and losers. Up top will be my winners, and on the bottom will be Ish's winner for the draft. And Ish, we'll go ahead and start off with you, with your winner of the draft. Oh, yeah. Um, my winner is none other than the team that was hosting the draft, the Cleveland Browns. I mean, what can I say? This team was already pretty hot on the offensive side of the ball, right? I didn't think they really needed to address anything on the offensive side of the ball. Last year, my complaint, if anybody was watching, I was uh, high on the Browns. I talked about their one-two punch in the backfield. I talked about, you know, if Baker Mayfield can do what he needs to do, that they can play really well. Um, and I talked about how great that defensive line was. They addressed the defensive line during free agency. They brought in Jadevian Clowney. I thought that they needed to bring in another edge rusher, which um, we, could talk, we could talk about that one. Um, but the biggest need for them to me was secondary. I thought like you had Denzel Ward, but you didn't have any much else around him, right? So what did the Browns do? They come out in round one and they draft Greg Newsom the second a dog who is going to slot in across from Denzel Ward. And I mean, that secondary already hands down is looking very nice with those two guys at your starting corners. Then you get what some people may say is the steal of the draft with Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa dropping to the second round. Ooh. And somehow he gets all the way to the Browns. You got a guy now that is multi-dimensional, a big threat. We saw what um, my guy did in um, Arizona uh, last year. You got a guy now that you can move around. He can be a hybrid linebacker, a safety in the box. I mean, he can do so many things, and you put him in the Browns. Those two picks alone, for me, I was already like, 
yeah, the Browns, this is going to be a very interesting season for the Browns. We're going to have to start talking about is there pressure on the Browns possibly competing for the AFC North? Are they the favorite going into the season to win the AFC North? That is a discussion that needs to be had because they follow up with Anthony Schwartz, which, you know, some people may say OBJ, he's coming back. But we still don't know what that what that's going to look like. And also they played better when he was gone. So I still don't hold out a possibility of OBJ not being with Cleveland. But if he is, you add Anthony Schwartz, which is a great receiver. You bring in James Hudson, a tackle. You bring in a uh, defensive tackle and Tommy to, uh, to guy. I mean, these guys really address needs. And they strengthened the parts that needed to be strengthened on an already really good team. Um, I definitely think that if Baker Mayfield can reproduce what he had last year, if that offense can continue in the path that they're going, the defense was already great. And you've added two really solid pieces in the first two rounds. The Browns definitely, for me, going into uh, the season, I have to say it. They are my AFC North favorite. Woo! You heard it here first on X Talking Ish. My boy Ish said a mouthful with the Browns all on board on the Browns train I'm in all 2021 board. going into NFL 2021 2022 season. Ish. Ooh, you, you for real on these brownies, huh? I'm, I'm for real. Last year, I told you I was hyping them up last year. I was telling you that run grant that run game is something different. Correct. Baker Mayfield just needed to do his end on the passing game, and they were going to be special. That defensive line is special. Then when they added these two guys, I'm not going to lie, in the draft, I almost texted you after they got after the second round. Once they got Jeremiah, I was like, whoa, like that you, one for you me. Had him, was you like, had him going in the first round, too. Yeah, I did. I did have him going in the first round. So, you know, when they got him in the second round and they also had Greg Newsom, man, that really, my, like my eyes, I was like, the Browns? I mean, you know, some people may talk like you have the Ravens as um, as a winner here, which I'm interested to see why you think they're a winner. Um, yes, yes. I still think they have the same question marks, though, going in. Like, yes, they have added receiver Sammy Watkins. They added Bateman. But my still question is still, is Lamar going to get them the ball? Like, they could definitely be the see, winner. But we're talking about North. we're talking about drafting. We're not talking about just Lamar Jackson. And, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah. those are two different things. Okay, okay, okay. I understand completely where you're coming from. We'll just touch on my my winners for a quick little second. But to be honest with you, is I mean, I don't really know. I can't even – I don't need to even talk about my winners the way <laughs> you broke down the Browns, man. Shit, the way Cleveland – Cleveland came out. They came out rocking and rolling with the draft man. and with the with this uh the, the correct picks of this. Man, they, had, they did not they disappoint at all. Cleveland. I should say. Alrighty then. I what I the reason why I threw out the the Dolphins, the Chargers, and the Ravens, uh, mainly because yes, besides them addressing needs at certain positions, for me I looked at also they beefed up their line, and moving forward, and no matter if you are a trying to get into the playoffs, if you're trying to take the next step or you're trying to make it to the Super Bowl, you have to have an offensive line. We didn't we haven't just seen it with the with the Kansas City Chiefs. We've seen it with teams prior to them, unfortunately, not having a offensive line or even a dominant defensive line to help them win games, correct? Okay. So with that being said, I feel like the Dolphins, they did what they needed to do, being able to add, of course, Jalen Waddle and um and uh and Jalen Phillips when it comes to the defense side of the ball crazy sto crazy story when it comes to Jalen Phillips going from UCLA to Miami 
you know, not wanting to play football anymore, and then coming back being a first-round pick. I thought that was a very interesting story from him. And, of course, being fed up the line off his tackle from Notre Dame uh, to help out Tua. Now, the thing, of course, with the Miami Dolphins, and not just the Dolphins, but the, um, the team I will also add in there will be the Cleveland Browns. We'll talk about them in a, in a couple of segments coming up shortly when it comes to some of these teams might be in trade talks. We just have to wait and see because we don't know if the Dolphins are still all in on Tua. Yes, they tanked for Tua last year, but at the moment, it's two or it's two years ago. I apologize, but at the moment, is Tua really the guy for Miami just yet? It doesn't to me. It doesn't seem like they're all in on him just yet. Maybe, because well, I was gonna argue because if if it was me, if I'm Miami, and I might be mm-hmm. wrong, I would have gotten Devontae Smith again, Heisman Trophy winner, a guy that's I would think maybe more connected with Tua and maybe I'm wrong because there's a there was an interview that came out when it comes to Jalen Waddle that said he would take Mac Jones over 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 uh over Tua. So it's one of those things where I'm not saying that they don't like each other. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the connection wise would have been better to have Devontae than Jalen. Well, you know, um, I did have Devontae uh, slotted in to the Dolphins in my mock we both draft. Did. We both did. Um, because that's just who I saw. But I was not mad when this pick came in because, like I said at the time, the most electrifying guy in the draft when, with the ball in his hands, Jalen Waddle. And I thought, like, hey, that's a really good pick. That's a big pick for them. You get a home run hitter. You get a kick returner, a punt returner. And I think, like, like a lot of people, like it was said a lot during the draft, a lot of people are looking at these smaller, faster wide receivers after seeing what Tyreek Hill is able to do in Kansas City, hmm. and they want the next Tyreek Hill. The problem is, like the Raiders learned last year, there is a lot that goes into – having the production that Tyreek Hill gives the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean I even argue, like even like a guy like Hollywood Brown, they try to make him seem like he's he's Tyreek yep. Hill and he's not. And that's what I was saying. I would argue some of what Tyreek is able to do comes from the system that Andy Reid has in place in Kansas City and the ways he finds to get Tyreek the ball. Not to say that other coordinators can't do the same, but no one has been able to replicate it yet. You have a lot of guys that have come in the draft that you've said, oh he's fast like Tyreek. Oh, he can do this. I mean, even I would argue even the Chiefs themselves went and got Miko Hardman, who to me has been very disappointing since he has joined the team. I had high expectations for him. This year, we're going to see. With Sammy Watkins gone, he's going to have to step up and make some things happen. But a lot of these guys that have come after Tyreek Hill, they have not been able to replicate that. So Jalen Waddle, he has the potential to do it. Will they be able to find ways to get him involved and make him the kind of guy that needs to be, um, that he needs to be in Miami's offense? I don't know. But what I will say about this in the Tua situation, I would argue that there are talks about the Deshaun Watson situation. What's going to happen? When is it going to get resolved? I would not be surprised if it gets resolved and he ends up in Miami and Tua ends up in Houston. To me, that's the one place where they're still not completely sold and they would still be interested in making that um, that trade. I don't know very many other places like San Francisco. Reports recently recently said that Carolina was all in on Deshaun right before all the news came out. But they got Sam Darnold now. 
that was before, again, like I said, before they got Sam Darnold. But I'm just saying Carolina was all in at one point in time, and they just had to go ahead and move forward with their quarterback to make sure that they had a quarterback moving into the 2021 season. And that's understandable because this, a jury is, um, the, the decision is still up for Deshaun Watson on if he's even going to be able to play this season. And we're, of course, waiting for more information for that before we discuss what we wanted to discuss on the Deshaun Watson situation. Uh, but let me finish up with these winners, and then we'll go ahead and move on yeah, with the yeah, losers yeah. Do of, you, the, winners. of the uh, of the draft. And Casey also says, Hollywood could be like Hill if he had a Kelsey or, wait for it, Watkins. I'm happy you said that, Casey, because I think that this is a big year for Hollywood Brown. I think with them bringing Watkins in, uh, with the tight ends that they have in Baltimore, Hollywood, the stage is set. Also, Lamar, the stage is set because Lamar, part of it is Lamar getting him the ball, but that's, in, that's a story for a different day. Another story for a different day. All right, so team like the Ravens, like we talked about, besides getting Bateman from Minnesota, you also get Wallace from Oklahoma State. Uh, you get cornerback Sean Wade from o- Ohio State. You also get another athletic free from Penn State, Jason Owen, and you beef up that line with Ben Cleveland from, from uh, Georgia. Um, again, I feel like it's a solid draft because you're able to get solid pieces all around to fit to fit what you need to fit. And, and it seems like, of course, besides running the ball, that's what they're going to do. It seems like they're going to try to throw the ball a little more this season. So, like you said, Ish, it's up to Lamar MVP Jackson to take the next step to do what Josh Allen did last season – and show everybody that you could be accurate with the ball. Show the, show everybody that you could be consistently accurate downfield throwing the ball because that's that's the only way that you'll be able to become Michael Vick 2.0. Because right now you're 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 little tykes Michael Vick. I'm being I'm being so serious. He he's the Friday night tykes uh, Michael Vick. Look, pretty much. That's great. There you go. Nothing bad. You nice. You nice when you play against the kids, but when it's grown grown man time, I'm just saying, Vic is Vic is slain, slain that thing. But when it was time to show up, you know, it was. I'm just saying. So with that being said, this is for Lamar to take next step. Anyways, moving on, moving forward to the L.A. Chargers. The reason why I think the Chargers had a pretty damn good draft is because of what they were able to get with the picks that they were able to make. So you get, of course, an office alignment to help with um, Mr. Herbert back there. And, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you get one of the better office alignment, Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. And you also get Asante Samuel Jr. Mm. Um, that was and, a big pick. And and for, for them to be able to get him for where he dropped that, because he easily could have been a first or early second-round pick for him to go number 47 I thought that was a, a great value pick for the Chargers uh, and being able to get a wide receiver out of Tennessee, Josh Palmer, and a tight end, Trey McKinney out of Georgia, was very good pickups, again, to help out Mr. Herbert. But also moving forward, it, it seems like the Chargers, besides them being all in, it, it just it just seems like they are focused on building for the now and for the future. And, and, I re, and I respect what the Chargers are doing. I'm excited to see what they have going on in L.A. And I, let's, let's, see, let's see what we're going to get from Asante Samuel Jr. Are we going to see him look like his father 
jumping some routes for some pick sixes, getting burnt as well, trying to trying to do, you know, trying to trying to jump routes and get double moved on? Or will he be a more fine-tuned, polished version of his father and see him become an all-pro consistently and maybe even future Hall of Famer? We have to wait and see. The jury is out. All right, let's go ahead and talk about our losers, right? Quick losers. Nobody wants to talk about the losers, right? The losers. All right, well, as you can see, I have my losers up top and the, the issues loser on the bottom. Looks like we can agree on one of the losers. Oh, I think everybody can agree on that loser. Let's go ahead. I'll let you start first on that one. Bro, they are a loser. Let me just say... <sighs> I don't want it to seem like we are bashing repeatedly on the Texans. I was going to say this, but you got, I appreciate you for starting that off. Like that. But the Texans are just so bad. They're so bad. And it, like all, across the board, they're a bad team. They're a bad organization. They got a bad owner. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. It's just bad. Okay. It, let's talk about the number one pick. You don't, you don't get to draft until round three, pick three. Mm -hmm. You have so many needs on this team on the defensive side of the ball. You need defensive linemen. You need safety. You need linebacker. You need corner. And you decide with your first pick where in a draft you only have five picks to go with the quarterback. But hold on, let's wait, because I would argue with the Deshaun Watson situation, quarterback is a need for you. To me, what is the most upsetting about that pick is that you chose a guy, whether or not his tape looks good at in spots, that doesn't matter to me. He only has 11 games, 11 games. You didn't even go with somebody who is a proven winner for years you went with somebody who only has 11 games that's what you choose to do with one of your five picks when you have so many holes then you follow that up with a receiver so you don't address defense which is your biggest need and then you follow up with a receiver like come on this is the most upsetting to me because while i would say receiver is a need also I don't think quarterback is an immediate need. I think, yes, you need a quarterback out of the future, but I would have been fine if they didn't pick a quarterback in this draft. They and said, just roll oh. with Tyrod Taylor for this year. And, and then you said, in free agency, play. we'll be, get one or yeah. we'll get one in the draft next year, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would have been fine with that. Receiver, if you had picked a receiver with your first pick in the draft, I probably wouldn't have been as hot on you because I feel like, yes, receivers needed and Will Fuller leaving is a big hit because you only got Brandon Cooks. Randall Cobb, who is old, is a slot Very guy. Old. So you definitely needed another playmaker there, right? But for me, what makes this pick all the more egregious is that you could have got, if you had chosen a receiver with your first pick in the third round, your first pick of your draft, you could have got Diami, um, Diami Brown from North, um, North Carolina. He was on the board. Instead, you went with David Mills, and then you follow up, and you're like, okay, now we're going to get a receiver, and you go get Nico Collins, which nothing it's not a slight against Nico Collins, but I just don't feel like at that spot, that's what you needed to do. You needed to go address the um, the defensive side of the ball. Like, this draft, to me, then you got a tight end. Why? 
in the fifth round. You that's not even a huge need for you. So your first three picks, when you needed all these defensive players, you went offense, and one of them was a tight end. I don't want it to seem like we are just picking on the Texans, but I can't stress enough how bad this organization is. And then, oh, 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 I didn't even get to my favorite part. Oh, so then my man Casario gets in front of the media to address why they went with David Mills because everybody in Houston, everybody across the nation is looking at the Texans like, hmm. And your answer for why you decided to draft him, not because, oh, he's a special player. Oh, his interview, man, we really love how he interviewed. Well, it's about bringing in competition across the board, and that's what we want to do. You mean to tell me your answer to the city of Houston, to anybody that supports the Houston Texans, about why you spent one of your five picks when you only have five picks in the draft on a quarterback that only has 11 games under his belt is that you want to bring competition in across the board. You would have me believe that he's competing for a starting job this year. He's going to push Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Finley, even the Ryan Finley. He's going to push, he's going to push those guys to be the starter for the Houston Texans. Go ahead, X, because I'm done with them. I don't even want to talk about them on the show. We, we, The team in Houston, I'm done with y'all. I don't want to talk about y'all anymore on this show. Like, even when we go forward, the, the whole Houston. season, I'm, not, refer- I'm not referring to the team in Houston anymore. The team so in we, Houston. So we have, we, have the team, we have the team in Houston. We have the Washington football team. We have the, the, the Oilers, as you'd like to call the Tennessee Titans. The in, Was- at least Washington's team is a football team. The team in Houston, I'm not sure what they are. They are they like a, a club or something. All righty then. As you can hear it again on X Talking Ish, your boy Ish is hot fire for the team in Houston. Uh no no football attachment on there. Let's go ahead and get to the comments right quick. My boy Lee tuning in as always. We appreciate that. He said, I feel so bad for every player that's getting sent there to fail. It's tough for some of those boys. They should have took a value player and led Tyrod run the show. Got anything it's perplexing or... what is going on in this city, man. And it's so sad because you can't even root for your hometown team when they're over here doing this nonsense. The team in Houston needs to be like the NFL need to take them away and give a team to some other city. Take the team away from uh, from McNair, please. We don't even want the team anymore. Like, take them away. Send them somewhere else. You can give a team to Mexico for all I care. Like, send them. Matter of fact, yes, please send them down to Mexico City. Have our first international team. San Antonio, y'all want them? Please, for free. You can have them. For free. All righty, then. Let me go ahead and wrap up my losers right quick so we can move on to our next couple of topics of the night. Of course, as you can see, I, besides the Texans, I have the Rams in Seattle. And and the reason why the Rams, Texans, Seattle are my losers because they actually have a common theme to all three of those teams, and, that, and, and that is because they did not have a first-round draft pick in this draft. And the reason why I feel like that was so crucial is because if you look at that talent that came out of that first round, this might be one of them drafts where we look back on the next five years and we say, hey, you know, this guy was an all-pro, this guy was – 
this was a Super Bowl winner. You know, this guy contributed in, in this type of way for uh, for a number of years on this team. You know, this could really be a very special draft. And for these three teams not to be able to cash in on that. And, of course, a team like the Texans that did not have a pick into the third round and then use it on a quarterback when you already addressed that need during free agency was just kind of weird to watch. Knowing that I got my phone blown up and people that are Texan fans saying that that was a good pick, which was kind of weird. I'm so serious, I could, show, I could show you my phone. And also had uh, people saying that the wide receiver pick, and again, this is even uh, coming from my school, like my favorite school, Michigan, uh, Nico Collins is not that great of a wide receiver. He's okay. He's good. But for him to go, for him to – go to the Texans, he's not going to make that much of a difference. So with that being said, like I said, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. Let's move on to the Rams, Seattle, NFC West. We know how difficult that division is over there, guys. Come on, Rams and Seattle. You know how difficult that division is. I hope y'all are ready. Hope y'all got y'all, y'all rain boots strapped and ready to go when you go to Arizona. I know there ain't going to be that much rain in Arizona, but they coming. They coming. Oh, oh they're coming. I'm just – I'm just oh, saying the NFC West is going to be something crazy. And I feel like the Rams, uh, they won't have a first-round draft pick until 2024. That's something that the Rams, yeah, that's something that the Rams are going to have to figure out moving forward as well, too, is well, how they're going to be able to get the most of their value draft picks later on in the draft. That is what and, I'm if Stafford, because and if Stafford just, pans out, you know. Exactly, exactly. Mm. Just the just because a team doesn't have a first round draft pick does not mean that their draft is is unsuccessful. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm getting at because first round draft you want everybody wants a first round draft pick. No matter who you are, you want a first round draft pick. But to really maximize on the NFL draft, you want to make sure that you get the most value out of your picks after round three. That is what it's about. I just didn't see that from the Rams North Seattle and Moving forward, especially with a quarterback like Russell Wilson, as already having little problems, uh, having some problems with management in Seattle in the first place, will this be something moving forward next season that we could really see Russ maybe leaving Seattle, kind of like Aaron Rodgers, what we got going on in Green Bay? So we'll talk about that very shortly. But before we do, again, we're going to finish up on this draft because, again, I know that everybody's tired of talking about the draft. I but know. we want to say we want to talk about one more thing before the draft is over with, and something that Dion Sanders, head coach of Jackson State University, uh, had a very um, rant-like type of type of statement to make on Instagram when it comes to um, his thoughts on. All of the draftees that got drafted, why there were no HBCU football players that were not drafted because he said that he felt like there were players of the HBCU caliber that were worthy enough to be able to be drafted. Uh, the first person that actually sent me that picture was actually a former HBCU football player and, and, and is a Canadian Football Hall of Famer. I'm not going to put his name out here because I want to, want to put him on the show sooner rather than later. And I asked him, did he agree with Dion? He said, hell yeah, I do. So with that being said, Ish, how do you feel about the statement that Dion put out there about HBCU football players that didn't get drafted? And also, of course, about the HBCU combine that we recently attended about three weeks ago. 
So let me say this. When this first happened, I kind of thought, man, Dion, you doing a lot of talking. But this was a weird year. You know, scouting was different. There was no fall season. Yeah, you had a spring season. Yeah, we had the combine. But I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, I, I could get them a pass, right? Then I started looking into some of the things, some of the numbers, right? Five, you had eight total players, non eight non-FBS players drafted this year. Five of them from FCS, two of them from uh, Division Two, and one from Division Three. And I was thinking to myself, okay, you know, it's interesting to me that none of them happen to come from HBCU, but I'm not even going to look into that. Then I saw a story that was put out that was supposed to be like a funny or heartwarming or whatever kind of story, right? Where I saw that the Carolina Panthers selected a long snapper. And then I kind of thought to myself, and I was like, you mean to tell me? I remember during Senior Bowl week, um, the guard from Grambling was getting, I mean, hyped up. People were saying, like, man, this guy looks really good, this and that. You mean to tell me, Carolina Panthers, you couldn't take, like, one of those players even and as a value pick? You picked up a long snapper in the draft? That's when I kind of felt a, a, a certain type of way about that. And maybe – it needs to be addressed. Um, it maybe it needs to be addressed as a culture thing in the NFL, um, because obviously there appears to be no love for the levels below FCS so much so that you're drafting these um, third string, fourth string people who barely played anything. Um, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Something needs to happen. There needs to be a discussion because it's not just HBCU players that I feel like got slighted. I feel like a lot of FCS players in general, a lot of D2 players in general got slighted. There are some really good players at these lower levels that play a lot of football and do really well against the competition that they have to face. I understand we like to talk about like, oh, this level of football and the speed of the game and all of this. But, hey, you can only play who you're put up against. And when you put up numbers against the people who you're put up against, you deserve a shot, of just a look, something, a fair shot at maybe I might be at a D2, but there might be a circumstance that put me there that I wasn't able to go to a D1, to an FBS school or an FCS school. Maybe I'm at an FCS school and I, there were circumstances that didn't allow me to go to an FBS school. But that doesn't mean I'm less of a player. And that's just what really ate at me as I was really thinking about it. I was like, man, some of these players that got drafted, there's no disrespect to them. And I'm glad that they get the opportunity to continue to play the game that they love. But if you didn't get the kind of playing time that some of these guys got at a level lower than you that were balling out, I think that you should have to earn your spot just like they have to earn their spot. And you should get, I mean, I just, like I said, the long snapper was what, what really got it for me. The long snapper is what got it for me. When, when you got a long snapper getting picked and you got players out here that really bust their butt out there 
and um, gave it their all and worked hard. And the only reason why they didn't get a look is because they went to an FCS school or HBCU. That's sad, man. The NFL likes to talk about all this moving forward and how they're doing all these things, but it doesn't appear like that's actually happening. I'm going to step off my soapbox now. No, you're good. You're good. No, I appreciate everything that you're saying because, I mean, everything you're saying is is facts. It's uh, very unfortunate. Um, And... It's, it's very easy to say, hey, we're calling this out and, you know, y'all need to make a change. But unfortunately, we do not control the things at B. So um, for the guys that did, hadn't, didn't get picked up either through the draft or free agency, I just hope if you are listening, just make sure that you guys keep on working and keep on uh, not giving up on the dream because you just never know when the opportunity is going to come knocking at your door. So you want to, of course, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Uh, before I get in my little soliloquy, is get into the comments right quick from Lee. He says, Mike Greenberg actually talked about this yesterday, the number of backup players and third stringers who barely took any snaps to get drafted was incredible. Like not even one of these boys who balled out for HBCU teams shaking my head. So... Um, yes, it was it was unfortunate um, that some of the guys, and of course, if you have been tuning into X Talking Ish over the last month, you do know that we went to Birmingham, Alabama, to be able to cover the HBCU Combine, the first annual HBCU Combine in Birmingham, Alabama, and we were able to um, interview a couple of players that stood out during their Combine. And not just that, we were also able to learn about one of the players that broke a pretty decent 40 record and it spread like wildfire because while I was in Alabama, Ish was in Houston and he found out about it within five minutes. So it's not like people didn't know about it because if this was a 4-2-8 in the NFL combine, the whole whole world would have heard about it. Am I wrong? Not at all. Okay, so... You can't tell me that there wasn't players. And it was laser time. B- before anybody says anything, it was a laser time thing. So it's not like they were doing stopwatch. Like this was a laser time 40. So this is a legit 40 time, the same as if you were in Indy. Yes. So, you know, everything was legit. And for him to run that 40, um, I we both talked about it. It's, I mean, and, and then who we're speaking of is Jimmy Robinson, the second from Bethune-Cookman. Uh, we both said to ourselves that he's going to at least get a look, right? I mean, you can't coach speed. You know, you can coach the other things, but you can't coach a two, a four, two, eight, forty. And you know, as long as you can maybe get him the ball, maybe he could be a return specialist for somebody, right? And it seems like so far at the moment he hasn't even gotten a free agency look. And I appreciate Lee for this comment because I'm actually about to get into this. Lee asks, has there been any HBCU undrafted free agents signed yet? seen tons of signings lately yes so there was actually there have actually been a couple of uh, free agent signings um tackle david moore signed with carolina panthers tackled, oh yeah that's the one i was talking about david moore tackled uh calvin ashley signed with the tampa bay buccaneers defensive back mac mccain the third signed with the denver broncos and also just recently one of the players that we actually interviewed kion smith lyman uh, from uh, from Fayetteville State actually signed with the Atlanta Falcons. 
So hopefully he's able to get an opportunity with the Atlanta Falcons. Happy for him and 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 happy for everybody else that is getting an opportunity. And hopefully, again, some of the guys that we interviewed are still able to get opportunities. Because guess what? Just because you didn't get picked up right now, free agency right now, still does not mean that you won't be brought in for practice squad, won't bring in for uh, – for for during the season ish, you know how that goes. During training camp, during the season, players get hurt. You can still get brought in. So again, don't give up on your dream. If you have to go play arena right now, if you have to go play Canada, whatever it is, just continue to play. You never know when you get your next opportunity. So I don't think this is a you just give up. You know because dang, we didn't get drafted. This is one of those things where hey, it's just another hurdle. That unfortunately, some of these HBCU players have had to had to deal with in the first place, right? So just another hurdle, a speed bump, roadblock, whatever you want to call it, that you have to get through. And hopefully, these guys can get through it, and 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 it just adds on to their story when they do finally make it to the NFL. I agree. I agree. All right. Speaking of guys that actually have a crazy story of where they at. Right now, Aaron Rodgers. We do remember him. This guy started off at a JUCO. And went to Cal and now, of course, is that guy for the Green Bay Packers. But at the moment, he does not want to be that guy anymore because I think he feels like the Green Bay Packers do not value him the same way that everybody else in Green Bay as fans-wise value Aaron Rodgers. And with that being said, we all saw the type of season Aaron Rodgers had last year. I didn't see any slump. I didn't see no decline. I didn't see anything that showed me that Aaron Rodgers needed a – Heir apparent, and I, maybe I might be tripping. So, with that being said, it seems like Aaron Rodgers might be calling the Packers bluff and telling the Packers, "Hey, if you don't trade me, I'll retire." And it seems like we're having the old school Mexican standoff right now, and seeing who's going to draw their weapons first. So, with that being said, simple question: Will Aaron Rodgers be Packers starter week one? What you got for me, Ish? I think so. I think they're going to figure something out. I think he's going to be there. I know that he's threatening to retire. Um, I just don't know. I Honestly, I believe that if he wanted to, if he really in his heart of hearts is ready to retire, he's going to retire. He, did, he has no reason to come back. He doesn't have to come back. He don't need the money. He can go host Jeopardy and be just fine. Um, so hey, to, Jeopardy is serious, okay? Don't be just, just hey, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, he can go do that if he wants to. He did a pretty good job there. Um, so yeah, he could go do that instead of uh, but I think he still wants to play. Um, I still think that they'll figure something out, they'll work it out. I just I see him there. I don't see him going anywhere. I mean, who are you trading him to? Um, San Francisco, maybe. Um, Houston, I don't know if the again well, the Deshaun Watson thing makes well, it really I'm about hard. To, I'm about to go ahead and jump in there on, on. I'm about to jump on there because you just said who you think gonna get traded, and I just talked about that a couple of segments ago. There are a couple of teams out there that they were doing trade scenarios earlier today. I watched on ESPN, and a couple of teams do make sense. The Miami Dolphins. You trade Tua plus a couple of other picks and whatnot for Aaron Rodgers. You make that exchange. Mm-hmm. Maybe, excuse me, I don't think it's going to be the Texans, but maybe the Texans. Again, I doubt it. I'm going to go ahead and just scratch that. I don't think that's going to yeah. happen. But the, the, another the sleeper team, the sleeper team would be the Cleveland Browns. 
You give up Baker Mayfield and and whatever else you need to give up in Cleveland for Aaron Rodgers. And we just said about Cleveland's defense, right? If Cleveland's defense is what it is, Aaron Rodgers goes to that to that Cleveland's. If offense Aaron Rodgers goes to the Cleveland Browns, they're gonna win a Super Bowl. Could could maybe we they will we, they will win the Super Bowl if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Cleveland Browns, and that's coming from Chiefs fan. I'll say right now they're gonna win the Super Bowl. That's just me. I, I know that that may rub some people the wrong way. They may disagree. I just think with that defense, you put Aaron Rodgers on that offense, even with OBJ, they're going to figure something out. Casey also says if he retires, he's got to give back $23 million. That's still a lot. He also says it's the Broncos are Raiders, and, and I'm happy he brings up the Raiders because that's another team that I was going to throw out. I did talk about that a couple of days ago. You did talk my, about that, but on, on my page, um, I, I feel like the Raiders could, is something that really could happen with Vegas. I, I think that's something that could happen if they didn't have their car. That's yeah, what's holding everything back. <laughs> that's honestly, that is honestly what's holding everything back. Derek, Carr. Yeah, I just don't see the is, package the Raiders could put together to make it like I don't want Derek Carr. I don't want Derek Carr if I'm Green Bay, but you know, there has been talks that Green Bay is happy with um Jordan Love and they, you know, are ready to move forward with him. So, you know, maybe you take Derek Carr as part of the package and then you offload Derek Carr or you figure something out with another trade or something. Um, but it would have to be a really good package with Derek Carr in order for that to work out. And the Denver one, I don't want Teddy Bridgewater. I don't want him. I don't want him either. So you're going to have to put this package what was, together. For, that's what I was going to get at. And, and we all, I'm assuming we're all in agreement that if you are the package, you have to send them to the AFC, correct? You can't keep them in. The NFC. I don't think. Um, well, he wants to go to a contender, so yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to send him to the AFC. You're not going. I don't even know who in the NFC they could, um, you know, like Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota. Really? If you want to, you can send him to Minnesota, but that's never gonna happen. So. Uh yeah, I, I mean a, a guy named Brett Favre went to Minnesota one time. Well, it's funny you bring that up because that's what I was going to bring up when it comes to besides him being a Packers quarterback for the last sixteen seasons. Him, Brett Favre, and Bart and Bart Starr have all played for the Packers for sixteen seasons. Nobody played for a seventeenth. Besides that, we just saw Tom Brady do it. We saw Peyton Manning do it. We saw Brett Favre. We've seen Joe Montana. We have quarterbacks. We expect to see them in this uniform for forever until they move on to another team. Aaron Rodgers will not be a Green Bay Packer come week one of this NFL season. Mm. He will be with another team. I do not know yet. But the way sports have worked out this last just 10 years alone, from LeBron to Tom Brady to whoever – Sports is not is not given. I mean, sorry, sports is not guaranteed. We are not guaranteed to see certain players in jerseys forever. And I would not be surprised at all if Aaron Rodgers is not wearing a Packers jersey this upcoming season. Team to be determined. But for right now, Aaron Rodgers will not Ooh. be wearing a Green Bay Packers. ESPN jersey. has a uh, Tennessee as one of the teams they could trade for him. Now you know what? I've actually said that. 
I've said that I will give up Tannehill in a heartbeat for Aaron yep. Rodgers. And if anybody that is a Titans fan said no, just just please move. Just don't even talk to me because if you're if you're keeping Tannehill for Aaron Rodgers, I will dog slap you. I will <laughs> dog slap you in your face. All right, I can't say what I want to say. We're on we're on hot mic right now. Ooh, the New York Giants. I was gonna see. It's funny you bring that up because I was gonna bring up the Giants, but the question for me is Daniel Jones. No, Daniel. The Washington football team. That was another team, but again, NFC. Do you keep them in your same division? Oh, that's the question. Do you keep them in the same division, or do you? I'm sorry, the same conference, or do you get get them out of the conference and take them and let them go to the AFC? Okay, so this Denver package that ESPN has, real quick, I had to look this up. Uh, this is an interesting package. Let me just talk about what they have Denver sending. They have Denver sending Patrick Sertan the second, Tim yes, Patrick, yes. Drew Locke, the 2022 first round, and the 2023 first round and denver would get aaron Rodgers and eric stokes the cornerback from uh green bay i mean if denver's giving that up then i still wouldn't want it but no 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 no. if they are happy with jordan love in the organization then yeah i'll take that for aaron Rodgers, who doesn't want to be there i mean to be honest with you I just don't trust Green Bay's organization right now. Like, you really bought to. Like, okay, 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 okay. I guess this is part two of this. I'm gonna say this is Aaron Rodgers' life coming full circle because when he he was Jordan Love when he first came in mm-hmm. behind behind Brett Favre, and everybody was like, "Why would you give up Brett Favre? He's the greatest thing since sliced bread." Who's this Aaron Rodgers kid, right? Like, who who do you think he is? And we saw who Aaron Rodgers has been, right? I don't think Jordan, Jordan. I mean, we think Jordan Love can't be as good as Aaron Rodgers, right? There's no way he's going to be better than Aaron Rodgers, but maybe they know something. We hey, maybe they know, know something we don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe they saw some things in practice that they feel good about. And um, hey, but it's no way though, right? I mean, Jordan Love well, really. I mean, hey, they, they really think the Packers are going to call uh, call Aaron Rodgers bluff. I think that yeah. <laughs> Man, okay. Hey, if you, if Denver gives the package that I just read off, yeah, I'm trading them. Casey says Denver, Von Miller, enjoy. maybe Locke, and a couple of picks. Yeah, yes, yeah, Sertan. Brad, if they get Sertan, um, and Locke, and two first round picks, oh yeah. That that's if that package is what your Denver is offering, Green Bay, go ahead, take that one. You like Jordan Love? Go ahead, take that one, man. Aaron, go ahead and enjoy it with John Elway um, in Mile High. Lee says, as an organization with a QB who's about to be 39, do you take a massive package with a lot of first-rounders, though, even though Rodgers still has a few incredible years left? Yes, Sean. Like I just said, Lee, we taking it. We want it. Come on. If if they are offering those two first-round picks, Andrew Locke, and they're offering Sertan. Sertan's the one that gets it for me. Sertan and the two first-round picks might just be enough for me. I don't necessarily need Drew Locke if I got my boy uh, Jordan Love, but I guess he needs a backup. So, Drew, go ahead. You can ride the bench. You can show him how he puts, how you put your bag on on the bench, and there you go. All right. Lee says agreed. Well, well. We talked. We've talked about this draft for the last four weeks. We talked oh, about man. how crazy it was going to be, how much movement it was going to create amongst the NFL, how much chaos it has ensued. 
I mean, the domino effect, I mean, it has been crazy. We, we have to wait, of course, to see the next five years what comes of this, of the draft. It, it, we're going to wait and see what will happen with the Minnesota Vikings with their quarterback situation. We're going to see how uh, if the Ravens really found the right pieces to help Lamar moving forward. We're going to see if if the, 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 the not having the draft picks really going to hurt the Texans moving forward to continue to build a franchise, you know. Oh, the team in Houston got back. their franchise quarterback. You know, the, all's good in Houston. They got their franchise quarterback. Go. They got him with the number one receiver who is um, better than DeAndre Hopkins. You know, done. the team in Houston, man, they know what they're doing here. They're building a winner. All right. As you can hear, everybody is just being very, very uh, serious about his the topic at hand. Yeah, man. The team in Houston, the Super Bowl. All righty then. Since we live in Houston, I'm expecting not to hear any of that this year, but most likely we will still be hearing that. So probably worse than the Cowboys fans, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> All righty then. We appreciate y'all as always tuning in to X Talking Ish every Tuesday night, nine o'clock on Facebook, YouTube. Please make sure you tune in again next week on X Talking Ish. See y'all next time. Peace.